Kvar. One more time. <laughs> Say it in the mic. God kväll. God kväll. Now I can be an honorary Viking. Now can I be an honorary Viking. I want a helmet that's got horns. <laughs> I want a helmet with horns. And I want a big ship. I want a big ship. Well, good evening. It's a joy to be with you again. God kväll. It's a joy to be with you again. Are you out there so dark I can't see you? Yeah, there's there's a mörkt, I can't even see. Can you see me? Can you see me? Yeah. Do you want me to stand up? Vill du ska rejsa mig upp? I hope you had a wonderful day. Hoppas att den fantastisk dag. And I'm looking forward to uh, to sharing with you some thoughts tonight. Och jag glädjer mig att dela någon tanke med dig ikväll. Um by the way, uh, I heard that some of you were wondering what I might have answered Mr. Bloom, the gentleman I mentioned this morning, if he had really wanted to know my thoughts about why God allowed the Holocaust. No lurte på spurt mig om vad jag ville svart vid som Mr. Bloom ville ha ett svar från mig när det gällt Holocaust. If you'd like to know what I would have said to him, Mr. Vill vite vad jag ville ha sagt till han. Um, come and speak with me afterwards uh, at the literature table. I'll be happy to share my thoughts with you. Maybe it'll be useful to you. Kom gärna bort till bokbordet på där jag vill stå och vill gärna dela tankar och med dig om detta. Um, I want to talk with you tonight about some of the reasons why we Jewish people find it difficult to believe in Yeshua even when we know in our hearts that it's true. Ikväll har lust att snacka med er om varför vi judar syns det är vanskligt att tro på Jesus, även om hjärtat vårt kan veta att det är sant. Perhaps you have Jewish friends or you know Jewish people and you have shared faithfully with them and you think you've answered every objection that they've raised and and you don't feel as though you're making any headway. Kanske du har judiska vänner så du känner du föll att du har svar på alla frågor om att ha om tro och likväl så klarar du inte det. And you become discouraged. Och du missar motet. And you wonder what am I doing wrong? What am I not saying? Och du på vad är det gör fel? Vad är det inte får sagt? Well, you're probably not doing anything wrong. Men du gör helt säkert inte något fel. But perhaps you're not really answering the real objections that we have hidden in our hearts. Eller kanske svarar du inte på de verkliga problemen vi lurar på i hjärtat vårt. See, we have real reasons and then we have public reasons for ja, not believing. Ja, äkta grunder och så har vi de offentliga grunderna som alla vet om till varför vi inte tror. I want to talk with you tonight about some of the real reasons that we have for not believing in the gospel. Jag lyssnar dela nu när de verkliga grunderna till varför mitt folk inte tror på Jesus. But I have to be careful. Men jag måste vara försiktig. Um, I don't want you to think that disbelief is a Jewish problem. Jag vill inte att du ska tro att vantro är ett typiskt judiskt problem. Yeah, every once in a while I'll be invited to speak in a church maybe about the prophecies or about one of the Jewish holidays. Ofta blir inviterad till kyrka för att snacka om de judiska högtiderna och så vidare. And I'll explain how these things point very clearly to the Messiah Yeshua. Och jag förklarar hur det pekar helt klart framåt Messias. And then afterwards uh, a Christian will come up and say You know, it's so clear. Why can't you Jews just see it? When I forklare att kunna profeterna pekar på Messias så kommer någon upp och frågar det är så klart, varför kan ni inte se det? And I usually smile. Vad plejer oss smila? And I say You know what puzzles me? Du vet det som undrar mig. I wonder how it is that 
some Gentiles can go to a good church every Sunday of their lives. And they hear of the life of Jesus. Miracles. And the clear teaching of the gospel. Not in prophecies. Not in typology. In the clear presentation of the gospel message in the Bible. And they just don't see it. Disbelief is not a Jewish problem, it's a human problem. And all of us have reasons for not wanting to believe a truth if it's a difficult truth. Before I get to the text, I have to tell you a great story. A few years ago, I was in Berlin during one of our evangelistic campaigns. How many of you know Berlin? Any of you know Berlin? Okay, so I was in the Charlottenburg district. No, you were in the Charlottenburg district. district yeah. And I was handing out my literature. And this young, very arrogant man came up to me. Not Jewish. And he said, I am an anti-theist and a scientist. And uh, I said, well, that's nice. What do you want to know? <laughs> and so he started to talk with me. And um, I think he was trying to intimidate me. Fortunately, I'm too stupid to be intimidated. And at one point he said, you know, I would believe in God if um, you could show me some compelling evidence. I said, no, you wouldn't. He said, yes, I would. If you could show me compelling evidence, I would believe. I said, no, you wouldn't. He said, yes, I would. I said, no, you wouldn't, because you're already committed to the idea that there is no compelling evidence. So no matter what anybody shows you, you have decided that there's no compelling evidence. You have a pre-commitment not to believe. And then I said, besides, God has already shown you compelling evidence. He said, like what? I said, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? He'll remind you. So then we changed the subject. I said, so um, do you live in Berlin? I said, yeah, I, I live here in the uh, Charlottenburg district. I said, oh, it's very pretty here. I said, do you have a family? He said, yeah, I have a wife. I said, and the children? He said, yeah, I have two lovely children. And I said, no, you don't. You don't live in the Charlottenburg. You don't have a wife. And you have no children. I would believe that you live in the Charlottenburg and that you have a wife and children if you could show me compelling evidence. But what are you going to show me? 
Because you visa me. You're going to show me a photograph of some children. They could be anybody's children. Ska du visa mig bild där det kunde vara vem som helst? You're going to introduce me to a woman who says she's your wife. She could be lying. Ska du introducera mig för en kona som säger att hon är kona din och kunde lyga? You're going to show me a lease that has your name on it for an apartment here in the Charlottenburg. Anybody can come up with a piece of paper. Ska du visa mig en kontrakt som visar att du äger ett hus här? Alla kan komma upp med en kontrakt. But if you could show me some compelling evidence, I would believe. Men hvis du kunne vise meg noen skikkelig gode beviser, så har det et rundt. But the point is, there is no compelling evidence. Men det er ingen. Therefore, you do not live in the Charlottenburg, you do not have a wife, and you have never had children. Derfor, du bor ikke her, du har ingen kone, og du har ingen barn. See, disbelief is not a Jewish problem, it's a human problem. Så det er vant, tror jeg ikke, et typisk gudesproblem, det er et menneskelig problem. To set the context for some of our reasons, for not wanting to believe. Konteksten for at vi jøder ikke tror. I invite, I invite you to look with me at Matthew chapter 19, verses, 20, verses 16 through 26. Så skal vi se på en tekst i Matteus evangeliet, kapittel 19, vers 16 til 26. Would you read the text, please? Det kom en mann til ham og spurte, Mester, hva godt skal jeg gjøre for å få evig liv? Men Jesus sa til ham, Hvorfor spør du meg om det gode? En er god. Men vil du gå inn i livet, så hold budene. Hvilke, spurte han. Jesus svarte, du skal ikke slå i hel, du skal ikke bruke ekteskapet, du skal ikke stjele, du skal ikke vittne falskt, du skal ikke bruke ekteskapet, du skal hedre din far og mor, og du skal elske din neste som deg selv. Alt dette har jeg holdt, svarte den unge mannen. Hva er det som mangler? Jesus sa til ham, vil du være helhjertet, gå da bort og selg det du eier, og gi det til de fattige. Men da skal du få en skatt i himmelen. Kom så og følg meg. Men da den unge mannen hørte det, gikk han bedrøvet bort, for han eide mye. Jesus sa til disiplene, «Sannelig, jeg sier dere, det er vanskelig for en som er rik å komme inn i himmelriket. Ja, jeg sier dere, det er lettere for en kamel å gå gjennom et nåløye enn for en rik å komme inn i Guds rike. Da disiplene hørte dette, ble de helt forskrekket og spurte, «Hvem kan da bli frelst?» Jesus så på dem og sa, for mennesker er dette umulig, men for Gud er alt mulig. Dette er en veldig... Legg merke til denne unge mannen. Han hadde den rette ønsket. I vers 16 kommer han til Jesus og spør han, «Hva må jeg gjøre for å få evig liv?» He doesn't say, what must I do to be healthy, what must I do to be wealthy, what must I do to be successful. He has the right desire. He says, what must I do to have eternal life? He knew the right person to ask for the correct question, for the correct answer. He doesn't go to other uh, contemporaries. He doesn't go to teachers. He goes directly to the Lord. He had the remarkable advantage of knowing clearly who was talking to him. He starts by saying, good teacher. And the Lord corrects him. The Lord says, why are you calling me good? There's only one who's good. In other words, Jesus is letting him know that before the conversation continues, he needs to understand who he's talking to. Jesus brought him to the understanding that he was talking to the only one who is good, and that is God. 
Jesus gjorde det klart för honom att nu snackar med den eneste som var god. Han snackar med Gud. And therefore this young man had the advantage of knowing that he wasn't just getting an opinion. He was getting a direct, clear, truthful answer from the king of the universe. Så den mannen visste för det började snacka att nu får jag inte bara en mening, men jag får ett svar från kungen av universet, Gud själv. This young man understood that he had not fulfilled the law. Den unge mannen skönt att han inte hade uppfyllt loven. And that receiving eternal life was not the result of fulfilling the law. He understood this. Och för evig liv var det ett resultat av uppfyllt loven. Han förstod allt detta. Why do I say that? Because Jesus recites some of the commandments. For Jesus han han And the young man says, "I've done that all my life." What am I lacking? He understood that he hadn't fulfilled the law. He understood that receiving eternal life was not the result of, of fulfilling the law. And this young man was remarkable in one other way. He heard the definitive, absolute answer from the Lord's own lips. Han hörte svaret på frågsmålet från Herrens egen mun. Sell everything you have. Sell allt du äger. Give it to the poor. Ge det till de fattiga. You will have treasures in heaven. Och du vill ha en skatt i himlen. Follow me. Och så kom följ mig. He was given unambiguous, absolutely clear instructions. Han fick helt klara instruktioner. And he was given an absolute guarantee. Och en absolut garanti. What a remarkable young man. What a remarkable advantage he had. For en fördel denna unge man hade. And even so. Men likväl. The text says that he walked away grieving. Texten säger att han gick väck bedrövad. Why? Varför? Because of what the Lord required him to do. På grund av det Herren befallt honom att göra. The Lord required that this young man put Yeshua first above every other consideration. Herren krävde att han satt Jesus först för alla andra ting. And the young man walked away. Och den unge mannen gick sin väg. And Jesus gives an assessment of the situation. Och Jesus han säger nu om situationen. Essentially he says the wealthier they are the harder it is to come. Once see England that you rikare de är ju vanskligare är det att komma. And the disciples are amazed and they're astonished and maybe they're even discouraged. Och disciplen är förbluffade kanske till och med motlösa. They say then who can come who can be saved? Och det säger men kan kan då bli frälst? And then we see the Lord's guarantee. Och så ser vi Herrens garanti. He says with people it's impossible. För människor är det omöjligt. But it's not impossible for the Lord. Men det är inte omöjligt för Gud. Very often we know that it's true and we still walk away. Av och till så så vet vi att det är sant och likväl går vi en annan väg. Why? 
Hvorfor? Well, I'd like to look at some of these reasons with you tonight. Jeg lyst til at vi skal se på nogle af de grunde her i kveld. Perhaps it will help you as you minister to people whom you know, especially to Jewish people whom you know or for whom you're praying. Kanskje det vil hjelpe deg med mennesker du møter, og kanskje også jødiske mennesker du kjenner. Here are some of the real reasons that we have in our hearts. Her er noen av de virkelige grunnene som vi har i vårt hjerte. Uh, first, there's what I like to call the disgrace of history. Først er det det jeg kaller for historiens skam. Uh, listen to the words of Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22, 23 and 24. Ezekiel 36, 22-24. Därför ska du se si till Israels hus, så ser Herren Gud. Jag griper inte in för deras skull, Israels hus, men för mitt helige namns skull, det som dere har vanhelligat bland folkeslagene dere kom till. Jag vill hellige mitt stora namn som är er vanhelligat bland folkeslagene, det som dere vanhelligat bland dem. Folkeslagene ska känna att jag är er Herren, ser Herren Gud, när genom dere visar mig hellig för ögonen på dem. Jag hämtar dere från folkeslagene och samlar dere från alla landene och föra dere hem till deras eget land. Now God is speaking to us through the prophet Ezekiel and he's scolding us Jews. He's telling us that we have blasphemed his name among the nations. Och Gud säger att vi har haft blasfemi av hans namn föran de andra nationerna. In essence we have made it hard for the Gentiles to consider who the one true God is. Och sen Det jødiske folk har gjort det vanskelig for hedningefolkene å se hvem Gud virkelig er. Well, unfortunately, this is a principle that can be applied to parts of the church. Og dette er også et prinsipp som kan gjelde kirkehistorien også. As the body of Christ, how often have, have believers or people claiming to believers made it hard for non-believers to consider the gospel because of their conduct? Der at Jesu kropp på jorden har gjort det vanskelig for de ikke-troende and it's not uncommon for us Jews to bring up the history of the church, the violent history of the church, toward our people as a reason for not listening to what you have to say. Well, let me help you get over that objection. Listen to me. You cannot blame Jesus for what evil men and women did in his name when it's a complete contradiction to everything that Jesus taught and did. Du kan inte skylla på Jesus för det att män och kvinnor i hans namn har gjort fala handlingar som är helt motstridande med det han säger och lärar. Let me give you an example. Så får ett exempel. Do you know the name Mengele? Känner du namnet Mengele? Yes. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, Mengele was a doctor. Mengele was the monster of Auschwitz. Monster by Auschwitz. Mengele was the one who stood at the head of the lines and decided who lived and who went directly to the gas chambers. Mengele was the one who performed hideous medical experiments on human beings, especially on twins, children who were twins. Han utförde förfärliga experiment på mänskliga kroppar, speciellt med ungar och tvillingbarn. The man was a monster. Det var ett monster. The man was a doctor. Han var en doktor. Now, suppose I'm very sick. Tänk att jag är väldigt sjuk. And suppose you come to me and you say, "Avi, I know a doctor who can help you." Och du kommer till mig och säger, "Avi, jag känner en doktor som kan hjälpa dig." Let me give you his name, let me give you his phone number. If you make an appointment, I know that he can help you with your disease. Du får namn, du får nummer. Om du möter han så vet jag att han kan hjälpa dig. And suppose I say to you, 
Och tänk att jag säger till dig. I'm not going to any doctors. Jag går inte till någon doktor. I'll die before I go to a doctor. Jag dör för jag går till doktor. And you say why? Och du säger varför? And I say because of Mangala. Vad säger för det är på grund av Mangala? What would you say to me? Vad vill du säga då? You would say Avi. I'm not sending you to Mangala. I'm sending you to a doctor who can help you. You cannot blame Jesus for the evil that wicked men and women did in his name any more than you can blame medicine for the evil that Mengele did in the name of medical science. Du kan inte beskylla Jesus för det andra gjort i hans namn lika massa så du kan inte beskylla är det Mengele du säger. <laughs> you don't blame medical science. You blame Mengele. Du klamrar inte medicinsk vetenskap. Du klamrar denna man. You focus the issue on Jesus. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? Du måste fokusera på kan man Jesus, kan se Jesus, kan göra Jesus. You can help a person see that he's avoiding the real issue. Du kan hjälpa en person till att se att du undgår det verkliga problemet. Then there's the uh, There's the reason that I call the simplicity of the gospel. En angrund är det kallar för evangeliets enkelhet. You know, we're, we're very proud people. Du vet vi är väldigt stolt folk. And sometimes we just find the gospel message too simple. Och några gånger finner vi att evangeliet är för enkelt. The gospel is called good news. Evangeliet kallas de goda nyheter. And it is good news. Och det är goda nyheter. It's also bad news. Men det är också dåliga nyheter. What do you want to hear first, the good news or the bad news? Come on, first, good or bad news? Bad news. Bad news. <laughs> you must be Jewish like me. I'm going to give you the good news first. The good news is that God loves us so much that He provided a way for our sins to be forgiven and to be restored to Him. Den goda nyheten är att Gud älskar oss så högt att han ordnar med en räddning för oss så att synden kunde bli tillit och vi kunde få evigt The bad news is that we don't deserve this love. Den dåliga nyheten är att vi förtjänar inte denna kärleken. The only thing that we deserve from God is his everlasting wrath and his eternal punishment. Det vi förtjänar det är Guds vrede och hans eviga och eviga förtabelse. We're separated from God because of our sins. Vi är skilt från Gud på grund av våra synder. We're born with rebellious hearts and we practice this rebellion all of our lives. Vi är född med upprörsliga hjärtan mot Gud och vi utövar detta hela livet vårt. And we enjoy our rebellion against God. Och vi nyter faktiskt att vara upprörda mot Gud. But because of this rebellion against God, that's why our lives are always empty. Men på grund av detta är det ju att livet vårt alltid är tomt. Nothing ever satisfies us. Ingenting tillfredsställer oss. Why? Because we're cut off from the only one who can really say, "Well done." För det vi är kutta av från han som kan säga oss, "Väl gjort." It's because of our rebellious hearts that our relationships never really work right. Det är på grund av detta uppror och synden att alla våra relationer aldrig ser rätt ut. This relationship is broken. Relation till Gud är ödelagt. And so every relationship we have with everyone else is corrupted by sin. Så alla andra relationer vi har, de är ödelagt på grund av synden. So we decide to change. Så vi bestämde att ändra. And we take some kind of self-improvement philosophical course. Vi tar något som nu ska bli bättre kurs och så vidare. But we can't change. Men vi kan inte förändra oss. We don't have the power to change. Vi har inte makten och kraften till att förändra oss. We can't change our nature. Vi kan inte förändra vår natur. We're slaves 
to our sinful rebellious nature. Vi är slavar till vår upprörska natur till synden. And then we die. Och så dör vi. And we enter an eternity separated from God forever. Och vi går in i en evighet där vi är separerat från Gud. That's the bad news. Det är den dåliga nyheten. The good news is this. Den goda nyheten är Jesus came to rescue us from that. Jesus kom för att rädda oss från detta. When he died on the cross, he took upon himself the judgment, the punishment of God that I deserve and that you deserve. När han kom och gick upp på korset tog han vår synd på sig, det vi förtjänar och den straffen vi förtjänar. You know when he was hanging on the cross he screamed my god my god why have you forsaken me? Han hopp på korset så ropte han min gud min gud varför har du förlatt mig? Why? Varför? At least two reasons. Minst två grunder. Number one, he was pointing us to Psalm 22. Han hänvisade till Salme 22. It begins with those words. Som begynner med dessa ordna. It was a way of letting us know that everything was happening just according to the scripture. Han låt oss veta att allt som skedde skedde i handhåll till skrifterna. But there was another reason he screamed those words. Men det var en annan grund också till att han ropte dessa ordna. In that moment, Jesus the perfect man was experiencing being eternally cut off from the Father. Jesus den perfekte den hellige erfarte att vara adskilt från Gud far. He was experiencing what it is to be eternally forsaken by the Father. Han erfarte vad det vill si att vara evig väcka och adskild från Gud. And he screamed. Och han ropte. That was supposed to be my scream. Och det skulle varit mitt skrik. And that was supposed to be your scream. Och det skulle varit ditt skrik. But he loves us so much that he willingly endured that agony so that we will never have to utter that scream. Han älskar oss så massa att han tog det för oss. And then he rose from the dead. Så står han upp från de döda. So that when we come to him with repentant hearts and ask him to forgive us, he can forgive us. Så vi kommer till han med hjärta som önskar bli tillit för synd, så kan han tillge oss för all synd. See, a corpse can't forgive. A corpse du cannot forgive. Du säger lik kan inte tillge. But Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. Men Jesus är inte död, han lever. And when we come to him and ask him to forgive us for the agony that we caused him to endure. Och när vi kommer till han och spör om tillgivelse för allt vi har gjort. He says to our hearts. Så säger han till vårt hjärta. My son. Min son. My daughter. Min dotter. Your sins are forgiven. Dina synder är tillgivet. He rescues us from the judgment that we deserve. Han räddar oss från den domen vi förtjänte. He rescues us from the power that sin has over our daily lives. Han räddar oss från den makten synd har över livet vårt. And he gives us a new everlasting relationship with the Father. Han ger oss ett nytt evigvarande relation till Gud vår far. That's the gospel. Det är evangeliet. It's not a difficult message to understand. Det är ett vanskligt budskap att förstå. And sometimes that's the problem. Och några gånger så är det problemet. I remember talking to a professor once. Hur ska det snakta med en professor en gång? We sat in his office. I explained the gospel message. Och jag satt med honom och förklarade evangeliet för honom. He looked at me and he said these words. Och han såg på mig och han sa dessa ordna. He said, "That's it." Han sa, "Är det allt?" I said, "Yeah, that's it." Jag sa, "Ja, det är det." He said, "I can't believe that." 
Och han sa, kan inte jag tro att det här? I said, why not? Varför inte? He said, because anybody can believe that. För det är att vem som helst kan ju tro detta. Anybody can understand that. Anybody can believe that. Vem som helst kan förstå det. Vem som helst kan Listen to what det. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Hör på det Paulus säger i 1 Korinther brev kapitel 1. Vers 22 till 25. För judar spör ett tegn och grekere söker visdom. Men vi förkynnar en korsfästet Kristus. Han är en snubblestein för judar och dårskap för hedningar. Men för den som är kallt, både judar och grekere, är Kristus Guds kraft och Guds visdom. För Guds dårskap är visare än människorna. Och Guds svaghet är starkare än människorna. We Jews want a sign and Gentiles want wisdom. Vi judar vill ha tegn och hedningar vill ha visdom. But what does the gospel entail? What is, what is the gospel? A simple message. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried according to the scriptures. He was raised again on the third day. Repent and believe. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried according to the scriptures. He was raised again on the third day. Jesus died for our sins. He was buried according to the scriptures. He was raised again on the third day. Would we want a difficult gospel? Well, think of it. Thank for that. If the gospel is hard to comprehend, if you really have to be smart or you have to work hard to grasp the meaning of the gospel, and if you do grasp the gospel, even though it's so difficult, well, what does that say about you and me? We're pretty special, aren't we? Everybody else is dumb. We're smart enough to understand the gospel. <laughs> We want a smart gospel so we look good. Vi vill ha ett smart evangelium så att vi ser bra ut. Or we want a spectacular gospel. Vi vill ha ett spektakulärt evangelium. So that everyone will understand that God had to do something earth-shaking because we deserved a special miracle to believe. Så vi får så Gud måste göra något enormt stort och rysta hela världen för vi är så speciella. And what does God give us? Och vad gav Gud oss? The gospel. Evangelium. Sometimes it's just too simple because of our pride. There's another reason why many of us find it difficult to believe, even if we know in our hearts that it's true. It's, it's the stumbling block of the cross. Listen to Galatians chapter 5 verse 11. Vi ser framdeles förkynna omskärelsesöskan. Varför blir jag då förfullt? Då är inte korset längre något snubblestein. Paul talks about the gospel being a stumbling block, a rock of offense, he says. Paulus snackar här om evangeliet som en snubblestein. Have you ever wondered what might have caused Saul of Tarsus to be so infuriated at the gospel message? Har du någon lyft på varför Paul var så full av raseri över evangeliet. Yeah, he wasn't just a non-believer, he wasn't just an opponent. Han var ju bara en icke-troende eller en motpart. He was the fiercest adversary 
of the church in the early days. Har man den störste motståndaren av kyrkan i de första dagarna? What what could have fueled that kind of rage against the gospel? Kostar fram den enorma raseriet mot evangeliet. Well, the scripture doesn't tell us, but I have an idea. Bibeln berättar sig, men jag har en idé. Paul tells us how how diligent he was in practicing all the minutia of the law and of the traditions. Paulus berättar hur han gick han var till att följa allt i loven. He says he excelled beyond his contemporaries. Och han gjorde det ännu bättre än alla sina jämnaldrar. He worked so hard to be perfect in his human righteousness. Och han jobbade så hårt för att vara perfekt i sin mänskliga rättfärdighet. What does the gospel message say to a person who is that religious? The gospel says to a person like that. Not good enough. Never good enough. In fact, Saul, all your righteous deeds are as good as filthy rags. Det säger att Saulus all din egna rättfärdighet är lika god som söppel. Can you imagine how offensive that is? Kan du förstå hur Wait. Offensive. Jag får närma mig det. Tack. Wait, it gets worse. Men det blir värre. Because the gospel goes on to say this. För evangeliet säger detta. But Saul, don't worry. Saul, är inte bekymrad. There is one who's righteous. Det är en som är rättfärdig. An uneducated carpenter who en... spoke with a Galilean accent. En utdannad galileer som snakkar med en aksang där uppe, en tömmerman. No, no formal education. Ingen formell utdanning. Uh, a man who um, kept the company of prostitutes and uh, thieves and tax collectors. En som var vänner med prostituerade och uh, dessa tollarna. Uh, the man who was executed as a criminal. Och han som var handrättad som en kriminal. Saul, he's the only righteous one. And he loves you and he died as the payment for your sins and he rose from the dead. And if you humble your heart and ask this uneducated carpenter from Galilee to forgive you, he will forgive you. Do you see how offensive this is? The more diligent a person is in in working out his own righteousness, the more offensive the message of the cross is. Du måste handla det man ska ta bygga sin egen rättfärdighet. Du måste stötta ner evangeliet. And there's another reason why we find it very difficult to believe. Och den andra grund är varför vi syns det vanskeligt att tro. It's uh, the call to obey, not just to believe. Det kallar till att adlyda Jesus, inte bara tro. Do you remember in the Gospel of John, Jesus is talking to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. And then all of her accusers leave. And then listen to what he says to her. John uh, chapter 8 verse 11. Då sa Jesus, Gå bort He says, "Where are your accusers?" She says, "There are none here." He says, "Well, then I don't condemn you either." But then he says something else. Now go and sin no more. <laughs> he doesn't just call us to believe, he calls us to obey. He calls us to identify with each other. 
Han kallar oss till att identifiera oss med varandra. He calls us to openly identify with him. Han kallar oss till att identifiera oss med han. To be unashamed of who he is and what he's done for us. Till att skamma sig över vem han är och vad han har gjort för oss. To live a life that brings glory and honor to his name. Och leva ett liv som bringer ära till hans namn. Well, sometimes we uh, we'd be much happier just to have to believe, but we really don't want to obey. And so we choose not to believe, in it, even if we know in our hearts that it's true. But there's one final reason that I would like to show you for why it's so hard for many of us to believe. And so we come back to the rich young man. The cost. Kostnaden. And don't misunderstand me. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that uh, we can buy the gospel. I'm not saying that we can buy or earn our salvation. Salvation is a free gift of God. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. But when we believe, we know in our hearts that we're paying a price. This is especially true for those of us who come from a gospel-resistant culture. We know that there will be an immediate price. And sometimes we walk away. Years ago I had a conversation with a bright young rabbi we were both young, he was young and bright. <laughs> he gave me all of his theological reasons for why Jesus might be the Christ of the nations, but he can't be the Messiah of us Jews. And I said to him, Rabbi, you don't have to like me, but don't insult my intelligence. I said, I know your real reason for not being willing to believe. I said, let me ask you a question and you don't even have to answer it. He said, what? I said, if you examine the Hebrew scriptures with an open mind, if you came to the conclusion on your own, that Jesus is the Messiah according to Moses and the prophets. And if you openly believed, what would you lose? You'd lose your wife, guaranteed. You'd, you'd lose your children, guaranteed. You'd lose your job, Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You'd lose the respect of every person whom you know. And the only people who would stand with you would be the crazy Jews for Jesus, like me. You can't afford to look at it with an open mind, can you? It would just cost too much. It would just cost too much. And you know what he said? Nothing. Why? 
because he was a man of integrity. För det var en man som hade integritet. He wasn't willing to believe that I was he wasn't willing to admit that I was right. Han ville inte inrömma att jag hade rätt. But he wasn't going to lie either. Men han skulle inte lyga heller. So he said nothing. Så han sa ingenting. Very often uh, we Jews for Jesus confront people with this question. Ofta så konfronterar vi Jews for Jesus människor med detta frågeställan. We say if the scripture is true. Beskriften är sann. If Yeshua is the Messiah. Hvis Jesus är Messias. Are you willing to believe and to follow despite the consequences? Är du villig till att tro och följa efter på trots av vad det vill kosta? You see very often that's the real objection. For väldigt ofta så är det den största motståndaren. And so we see this rich young ruler walk away. Så vi ser den rike unge mannen gå sin väg. Why? Varför? Because he was too wealthy and he feared what he would lose. Han var för rik och han fruktade vad han ville miste. And the disciples are discouraged and amazed and they say, "Well, who can be saved?" Och disippen är då fulla av undring och spör, "Kan kan då bli frälst?" And Jesus says, "With man it's impossible, but with God nothing is impossible." Och Jesus svarar för människor är det omöjligt men ingenting är omöjligt för Gud. Here's the encouragement to you and to me. Här uppmuntringen till dig och mig. With God nothing is impossible. För Gud är ingenting omöjligt. Do you know that every single one of us here is just like this rich young ruler? Vet du att alla här inne vi är egentligen akkurat sån som den rike unge mannen. You don't know my story and I don't know your story. Där känner jag min historia och jag känner inte din historia. But every one of us was made poor in spirit by the Lord. Men all of us was made poor poor in spirit. Ja, alla oss blev fattiga i onden av Herren. In one way or another he reduced all of us to the place of really not caring what we would lose if we followed him. Patlana punkt så har vi förstått det att vi vi bryr oss inte längre om vad det vill kosta att följa honom. He made every single one of us willing to believe and to follow regardless of what it might cost. Han gjorde så att var enkelt av oss vi önskar följa honom oavsett vad det ville kosta. We were rich but he made us poor so we could believe. Vi var rika men han gjorde oss fattiga så vi kunde tro. You know there's a wonderful story in the Eastern Church about this rich young ruler. Det är en fantastisk historia i Östkyrka om den rike unge mannen. The story is that this young man who walked away from Jesus was Barnabas. Historien är att den unge rike mannen som gick iväg från Jesus var Barnabas. The rich Levite. Den rike leviten who later sold everything he had gave it to the poor som signare i apostlarnas gärningar sålde allt han ägde och gav det till de fattiga and followed the lord wherever his spirit told him to go och följde att jesus var han onden barn och resa not a wonderful story is it a flott historia is it true en son was this rich young ruler barnabas var den rike unge mannen barnabas Well, we'll have to ask him when Jesus comes back. Vad vi får spöra honom när Jesus kommer igen. Let's pray. Låt oss be. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob. Abraham, Isaac och Jakobs Gud. We thank you so much for making us poor so that we could seize the riches of Christ. Vi tackar dig för att du har gjort oss fattiga i ånden så vi kan ta emot välsignelsen i Herren.
Thank you for the treasure of the gospel. Tack för evangeliets skatt. I want, to, I want all of you to keep your eyes closed for a moment. Vill att vi alla håller ögonen lucka ett ögonblick. I realize that there might be some people here serious believers but maybe you're a little bit like the rich young ruler tonight. Det kanske någon här som är troende men likväl lite som den rike unge mannen här ikväll. In other words, maybe you know that God is calling you to do something but you know it will cost you something. Du vet kanske att Gud kallar dig till något men samtidigt vet du att det vill kosta för mycket. Respect respect something else no aunt inconvenience usigerhet eller ubleilighet if i'm describing you i want to ask you to do something right now men beskriver dig så har jag lust att spöra dig om något i want you to take a moment quietly vi ska ta ett ögonblick i stillhet and ask the lord to give you the faith and the courage to give up whatever it is he's telling you to give up so that you can follow him fullheartedly. Du ska be till Gud och spör om han kan ge dig mot och styrka till att gå in i det han kallar dig till. Maybe he's calling you to be more deeply involved with uh, DNE. Kanske han kallar dig att bli mer involverad i Israels mission. Maybe he's calling you into full-time service. Kanske han kallar dig till fulltidstjänst. But if there's something that he's calling you to do and you're holding back because of what you will have to give up, talk to him about this right now. Men vi säger nu du du vet kan vi kalla dig inte men du håller nog tillbaka snack med han nu. Ask him to give you the faith and the courage to obey. Be han om att ge dig tro och mot till att adlyda. Jesus we're all like this rich young ruler throughout our lives. Jesus vi är alla som den rike unge mannen genom hela vårt liv. But we thank you that you are patient and gracious with us. Vi tackar för att du är tålmodig och nådig mot oss. In Yeshua's name we pray. Yes, in Amen.